the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. We're looking at the church and what Jesus says the church really is. Next on Times of Refreshing. Ask 10 people what the church is, you'll probably get 10 different answers. But when we go to God's Word, it's pretty simple, pretty clear, and straightforward. It's laid out by Jesus Himself here in Matthew chapter 16, verses 13 through 20. And it's there that we catch up with our teacher and pastor, Napoleon Kaufman, once again for today's broadcast of Times of Refreshing from The Well, a Christian community here in Livermore, California. The church. What is she? Well, Jesus tells us. Let's catch up with Pastor Napoleon Kaufman now in today's broadcast of Times of Refreshing. It's a blessing to be a part of a good church, a healthy church, a church that believes in the power of God and believes in the grace of God. It's a blessing knowing that all of us have an enemy that wants to stop us, but the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. They, the people can try to curse the church, but it's not going to stop it. People can hate the church, but it's not going to stop it. People can lie on the church, it's not going to stop it. People can, people can say the church is ineffective, but it's still not stopping it. People can say that the church will never have any influence in the earth, but it's not going to stop it. Because Jesus said, the gates of hell shall not prevail. It's important for every single one of you to become a part of a local church. And don't just attend. Get involved. Get involved. Because we have an enemy, and the enemy, he wants to bring deception in our lives. This is one of his major tactics is is to get us to be deceived. To not trust God in his word and not take God at his word. To get people to go down this rabble trail of deception. Usually what he does first and foremost is he isolates you. Don't let the devil isolate you. Get around in the multitude of counselors their safety. Get around people that can speak life into you and bring your family and everybody into and that that you see the fruit of God's blessing on their life. Get around people like that because why? Because we have an enemy and he wants to isolate you. He wants to get you stuck when you're feeling like you can. And then what happens is once he gets you stuck and he isolates you, then he starts telling you lies. You don't need anybody. Nobody understands you. You're so deep that they can't get down there. You're too profound for that church. You're too anointed. He'll start feeding your ego. They'll start telling you you don't need anybody. You, 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 you're, these people, they don't, they're just trying to. And then, and then the next thing after he tries to get you deceived, I wrote this down. And I've been talking about it a little bit this week. He tries to get you to go down a road of secrecy. 
Secrecy is one of the deadliest enemies to the church. He gets people to have a secret life. But they go to church. But they sing the songs. But they got secrets and they, and they, we know, we, you know, and, and then we, we get so secretive. And then the devil, we have to remember that the devil is the ruler of the darkness of this age. If he can keep things in the dark, then he can keep you in the dark. He wants to keep you isolated and keep you in the dark and don't become a part of the church. Just come into the church and then just, just sit there and then as soon as the service is over, get out of there. Look at your neighbor and tell him he's not talking to you, is he? <laughs> Don't talk to anybody. Don't smile at anybody. Just get out of there quick. Don't let them know what you're going through. You can handle this all by yourself. Don't trust anybody. And this is how the devil gets it. Why? Because we have an enemy and this is what he wants to do. He wants to get us to a place of secrecy. But God wants us to bring things to the light. And he wants us to understand that darkness is the devil's domain. If he can keep you in the dark, he'll keep you. And listen, let me say this to y'all. Please hear me. You can't handle it by yourself. You can't. The devil is strong, y'all. And this is why Jesus, he takes us and he takes Paul, who was Saul. And he didn't just meet Saul and then, and then convert Saul. And then he says, okay, now go change the world, Saul. He has Ananias, he has, uh, Ananias come and he says, you want to be, I'm going to blind you. He blinds him and then he puts somebody in his life to help to lead him. Because the church is called to be interdependent. Every single one of us in this room, we need each other. I would not be here without Pastor David Canastracy. I wouldn't have been effective without him. So when I look at our ministry, I don't just look and say, well, praise God, look what I did. No. How stupid is that? I look and I say, God, I thank you that you connected me with some men and, men and women of God that were anointed. And God, you had a grace that you could pass down to me to help me to be successful. And they bore witness to what you were doing. But if you isolate and get secretive, saints, trust me, at some point in time, everything that's done in the darkness is going to come to the light. Can I have an amen, y'all? And so we understand how to deal with our enemy. We're going to deal with his deceptions and we're going to deal with his secrecy. Can I have an amen? Go to 1 Timothy chapter 3 and let's look at verses 14 to 16. Because this is also important for us. And this, once again, is where accountability comes in as the body of Christ and as the people of God. But then also the blessing begins to flow. 1 Timothy chapter 3. We're going to look at verses 14 on down to 16. 
He says here in verse 14. He says, these things I write to you, though I hope to come to you shortly. But if I am delayed, I write that you may, so that you may know how you ought to conduct yourselves or yourself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God. He says, the pillar and ground of the word. And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifested in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen by angels, preached among the Gentiles, believed on in the world, and he says, received up in glory. He says, but if I am delayed, I write so that you may know how you ought to conduct yourself in the household of God. There's a way in which we conduct ourselves in the household of God. And there is a code of conduct in the household of God. And for us, we want to be people that understand that. I love, didn't you just love Minister Darlene last week? You know, I love it. You know, because what happens is we have to understand, y'all, that God is looking for us to, to be people that have a healthy balance concerning where we're going and where we have been. As a church, and I've been talking about this just a little bit lately, we can't get so consumed in the new things that God is doing that we forget the value of the old things that God has done. There's a traditional aspect of Christianity that we have to embrace. There's a, sanct- there's a sanctity of being a part of a local church that is highly important. That is so important for us. That the church, we don't come to the church and act a fool. That we have to remember that this is a holy gathering. That this, that the church is called out and called into a relationship with Christ, but also called into a relationship in which we are willing to respond to his words. We're called out, but we're called to him and we're called to his word. And so it's important that we understand that this is a sacred gathering. It's a holy place. Doesn't mean we don't shout, dance, have fun, and praise God, but we do it realizing that we're in the presence of a holy God. This is not a movie theater. This is not a concert. This is not some form of entertainment. This is not somewhere that we come. This is a business meeting. We're meeting with our chief. Can I have an amen? We're having a family gathering. And that we're, and that our God who is holy, who is also our, is our father, he says, be ye holy for I am holy. He's calling us to this holy gathering. We meet on Sundays. We meet during the week and we get together and we meet as the people of God, the children of God. But we have to keep in mind the sanctity of it all. We're going to laugh. We're going to do things. And God wants us to do that. Why we keep in mind we are in the presence of a holy God. In the Old Testament, when the, 
when the, uh, the high priest would go into the Holy of Holies once a year to offer blood on the Day of Atonement. They would wrap a rope around his waist because there was a certain way in which he had to conduct his affairs in the house of God. And if he did it wrong, then he would die. And they had a rope so they can pull him out. <laughs> now, we understand that our gatherings aren't like that. But we have to realize that there is a sanctity aspect, a holiness aspect, a righteousness aspect, and a seriousness about us gathering as the people of God that we have to get back to. In some churches, people are eating pizza while the pastor's trying to preach. Drinking lattes during the service. Oh, hurry up, brother. I'm hungry. Some people, they, they, the, the gathering isn't holy to them. It's, oh, it's just another meeting. He's just going to wah, 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 wah. Not realizing that one word from God can change your life forever. Can I have an amen, y'all? Can I have an amen? That we come and we are coming as the people of God and that this is not a cruise ship. This is a battleship. And the devil is trying to knock us out. But how many know we're going to knock the devil out and that we're being equipped and trained and processed and groomed so that when we go out here, we're taking over the devil's territory in the name of Jesus. Can I have an amen? That we're pulling people out. But we, but we have to get back to that aspect. I love the technology. And I love the lights. These LED lights that aren't hot. I used to fry up here. I love the technology and I love the instruments and I love all the stuff. And I praise God for, for th th that aspect of, of how the world has progressed. But we, I don't want to get so consumed with this that, that now we don't even bring our Bibles to church anymore. I mean a hard copy. What if your battery goes dead? <laughs> Do you still got a sword in your pocket? Can I, can I have an amen? Look at your neighbor and tell me he's not talking to you, is he? Some of y'all like, yep, he is. He got me. <laughs> can I have an amen, y'all? I, I always want to be packing. I got a Bible in my car. I got one on my phone. I got an iPad. Bible's on my iPad. iPad on my phone. I got a Bible. But you know what? I got a Bible in all my cars. I have a Bible there. It's got it right there on the side. I got it there just in case. Just in case I need to bring it out. Because you know how your, your technology, that stuff, it'll fail on you. Just when you need a scripture, you try to put it up and then it'll go blank and then there's no reception. And then next, you know, no Wi-Fi and you can't even get the thing on your phone. And then you stutter and trying to figure it out. And you say, oh my goodness, I forgot it. Let me, I'll come back next week and tell you what I was thinking because I can't even find it in here. <laughs> That's why I'm always packing. And so for us... We have to make sure that we don't get so new school that we don't embrace the old school. 
And so for us, he says here, he says the church is the pillar and the ground of the truth. The pillar upholds the truth. The ground stabilizes and becomes the foundation for truth. And so for us, we have to see that we're conducting ourselves in such a way in the house of hold of God where we realize the value of our conduct because ultimately the church is the place where every human being comes to find the truth. We uphold the truth and we stabilize the truth. And when it comes to truth, that which is real, that which is reality... We're the ones that are supposed to be heralding this message and preaching this message and taking that message to the masses because we are the church. And so there's no way that we can, we can really be truth bearers if we're not willing to get in an atmosphere and receive the truth. Coming to church, and I'm not just coming to meet with you. I came to hear a word from God. I'm coming to church, and I'm not just coming to meet with you so we can go out after and have lunch. I'm coming here to hear a word from God. I want my life to be changed, and I want the truth to be fed to me so that I can go off and become great in the kingdom of God. I'm not just coming to church because it's just the family thing we do. I'm not just coming to church because it just seems like there's some good people over there. I'm not just coming to church so I can find me a wife. One of those girls over there that they tell them to be humble and submit to their husbands. I need one of them ladies. Nah, we got, but our, the ladies in this church got some dog in them too. So don't, don't be tripping now. <laughs> they can bite too now. Amen. We don't, we don't teach them just to be, to be doormats in this church. We don't teach the ladies to be doormats. So if you're looking for one of them, you're in the wrong house. Can I have an amen, y'all? I'll teach them how to bite just a little bit. <laughs> well, I'm going to find me a good man in that church. Where the ladies at? You know, because pastor tell them to love their wife like Christ loved the church. That means they got to die for me. I'm going to find me one of them. No, no. We... See how, hey, brothers, y'all see how it got real quiet in here? (laughs) But there's a way in which we conduct ourselves and we consider this a holy gathering and it's serious because God is in the business of changing our lives. And we have to see the old is just as important as the new. And I am, as your pastor and these elders, are going to hold us accountable for the way in which we conduct ourselves in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of the church. Truth. We uphold the truth in the church. Say, sometimes the truth hurts. It's painful. Sometimes when... We've been living all kinds of ways and then we get in the Bible and we start reading about ourselves. And it doesn't look good. And then we go to church and then the pastor starts preaching on something that you know God's been dealing with you about. And you start saying, who told him? 
My wife must have told him. My wife was to call the church and told him what I was doing. Doesn't look good, doesn't feel good when we were faced with the reality of who we are and the church is confirming what God is saying. Doesn't always feel good, but the truth is what's going to set you free. It's going to make you free. The truth makes you free. And what happens is we get in the Bible and we start allowing the truth to get, uh, become a part of us. Then we start loving the truth. And then even though the truth hurts, we see it constantly making us free. And then that wants, it causes us to want the truth even more. But the church has got to be a pillar and the ground of the truth. We have to be people that love truth more than we love our feelings. Can I have an amen, y'all? More than we love our feelings. And that means that when I'm confronted with it, instead of me arguing and making excuses for it, I accept the truth. That, man, I need to change my attitude on my job. I got to do a better job of making sure that I'm dealing with my family. I got to do a better job when it comes to serving in the church. I don't serve at all. I got to do a better job when it comes to, and, and God, he confronts us with truth. But then the truth makes us free when we respond the right way. Well, this is the church. The church is supposed to bring that. It's a shame when we come to church and the only thing we think about is, is it making me feel good? Now, I was thinking about this the other day. It's amazing how, and it is sad, that people will receive you if you tell them a lie, but it makes them feel good. And people will reject you if you in love tell them the truth. But it hurts a little bit. We got to break that. And the church has got to be a place where we don't come to coddle people at the expense of truth. We don't lie to people at the, and, and, and then make them feel comfortable in sin. We want to be a place where we, we're all confronted with the reality of who we are. And then we have hope because Jesus said, I can make you different and I can change your life and I can make you great and I can make you like me. This is what Jesus is saying. I can make you like me. That we can be transformed into the image and likeness of Jesus Christ from glory to glory is we receive the truth. And the church is called to be the truth. And so, as your pastor, my job is not to try to make everybody feel comfortable. My job is to make sure that we're constantly aligning ourselves with God. And then sometimes along the way, we're going to feel uncomfortable. But as we respond right, he starts to make us feel comfortable in this new path. And this is what God does for us. And then it becomes just your lifestyle. And then it becomes just what you do. And then it becomes, it's no deal. Now, when I read my Bible and God starts convicting me about stuff, instead of me hiding like Adam did, I say, yes, you got me again. Now change me. Can I have an amen? Yes, Lord. This is an area, and I praise God you're showing me because I know on the other side of this, you're going to change me. And you're going to make me better. And I feel bad right now, but I, I want my, 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 my sorrow to last just for a moment. 
Not for 30 years because I've been wrestling with God for the same thing for the last 30 years and won't change. Can I have an amen, y'all? And this is what God wants us to do. You know, saints, when I look at this journey, 15 years, it is, uh, it's just amazing to me. It's amazing. It's amazing that if you can have a focus and stick to the script and not deviate, God will do exceedingly abundantly above all that you ask or think. And you're listening to Pastor Napoleon Kaufman here today on Times of Refreshing. Our desire is to see you grow in Christ through the daily ministry of God's Word. And as you take time to spend with us studying God's Word, we trust you are being encouraged in Christ. You can reach out to us by phone, 925-292-7800, 925-292-7800, or write to us. Times of Refreshing, 2333 Nissan Drive. Livermore, California. The zip code is 94551. You're also welcome to visit our website, thewellchurch.net. It's a great place to visit if you would like information regarding who we are, where we meet, what we're about. Past sermons are available online there as well as our online store, and you can even get connected with us there. Again, thewellchurch.net. I would invite you to join us on either our church app, at our website, thewellchurch.net, or on our YouTube channel for our weekly message at 1030. Pastor Napoleon will share a message from the Lord just like he used to with his program, Hope of Glory. And remember to be faithful as well during this time of challenge with your giving. You can give online through our website, through the church app, or by mail to the church office. And we are praying and standing on His truths during this time and remembering that God is in control, and we're praying for you. Thank you for joining us today. Until next time, God bless. God bless.